Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to the Band of Brothers podcast. I'm Steph, one of the team's press officers, and today we'll be joined by our young Danish rider Frederik Vandal to find out about his path to cycling, a challenging 2023 season and his goals for the future. So Frederik, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you and uh, I'm happy to be here. And as always, I'm also joined by my colleague Andreas Hartmann. Hi Steph, hi Freddy, nice to see and hear you, it's been a while. But before we're kicking things off with you Freddy, it's time for the very first ever commercial break in this podcast. That's right, Andal. This episode is sponsored by our partner, Evoc. Evoc is a sports brand famous for its protector backpacks and sports travel gear and a world market leader for bike bags. With the Road Bike Bag Pro, they offer the very best solution for traveling with road bikes. The bike bag safely protects your bike and only requires the wheels and pedals to be removed. With the cockpit and saddle staying untouched, you can transport your bike exactly as it is, which is particularly advantageous if you've had a precise bike fit done. That's an unmatched advantage that's been used by our team over countless travel miles undertaken for training and races to immensely positive feedback. Commercial break ends. So now we are back to you, Frederik. Let me introduce you a bit. Frederik Vandal, born and raised in Denmark, 22 years old, fourth season as a pro, heading into his fourth season as a pro, likes medium, long, punchy climbs, Winner of the COM classification at this year's Tour of Guangxi in China. Multiple Danish champion on the track in his teenage days. One of five riders from his under-23 team who are racing on pro level today. That's a strong generation. And in an interview, he described cycling as crazy, fast and unpredictable. All correct? Yeah, sounds sounds like me. Good. Predik. You are from Denmark, a cycling crazy country and one of the leading nations when we look at professional cycling. How did you get into the sport? Tell us something about your first steps, uh, rather pedal strokes. Yeah, I think I started uh, quite young, to be honest, uh, with cycling already. Uh, I didn't find football that, that interesting in the young age. Um, and then my father was also a former cyclist uh, but stopped stopped quite early so he kind of pushed me yeah into the sport kind of uh, and uh, actually I started on the track um, when I was a kid uh, so that's where it all started was in the on the track in Copenhagen uh, in the winter of I think it was the winter of 2012 I think it was after uh, Lasse had won his uh, Olympic gold medal in the in the Omnium, um, which was pretty epic to to see as a kid. Um, so that was actually how yeah I got into cycling was was uh, starting off on the track, and then I think yeah you kind of just did the track in the winter, and then somehow you needed to do something in the summer, and that's how I started with uh, the road cycling as well. I, I always loved the track, to be honest, uh, and and I still do. Uh, and 
and I think just going on the track just made a lot of sense in the in the winter, especially uh, to avoid bad weather, which we have in in Denmark. <laughs> so uh, so it was I found it pretty pretty funny to do, um, and then yeah, I just worked worked my way throughout the different different ranks of uh, of cycling, uh, and now now I'm in Bora, so it's pretty pretty epic and long journey. You mentioned there the weather. So the winter, we all know, can be very tough in Denmark. How do you spend the winter? Do you wear the big gloves in Denmark or are you trying to get those tan lines in shape over in Spain? I, I, think, I think you need to do kind of a mix, to be honest. Uh, I think last winter I, I, did, I did this mix of, of both uh, Spain and, and being home. Uh, and I think if you can get that to work fine, then, then you then you can do some so- solid work in, in good weather in Spain. Uh, and then you can do a little bit less at home, but you still need to, to do some hours. But I think in general, the hardest part is that also not only the bad weather, we also only have like more or less flat terrain. Uh, so as I, how Andal described me before as a climber or punchy, punchy type of rider, it's, it's quite hard to do any good climbing efforts um so that's also one of the mainly parts why why it's good to uh, to do good uh, good training blocks in in spain over the winter and no more training on the trick no uh, not so much more i mean i would like to do actually i think it's quite quite good uh but yeah it's it's quite hard to to get everything to uh, fit in perfectly the first training camp of the new season is just about to end how has it been Oh, it's been good. We're, we're a good, uh, good group of uh, riders ahead of uh, the next season. So, I mean, a lot of new faces is always nice, you know. Now it's, as you said, already my fourth, fourth season with the team. So, so I kind of feel like one of the more, how do you say it, like uh, common guys, you know, in the team. Um, so it's happy to see some new, uh, new faces and learn some new people uh and uh we have done some uh, good uh, good uh, groundwork and and done a lot of good hours on the bike so so it's been uh, very good so far tell us a little bit more about those new faces that you mentioned what's your first impression of your new teammates oh it's good actually uh everyone is is open and uh everyone is very gentle and uh and so far, it's been uh, it's been very nice to to meeting all the new guys. I mean, we had already one kickoff camp before, but now you use like six hours on the bike. You kind of, you know, you have to <laughs> chat with someone for six hours, so you kind of have to learn each other, um, get to know each other more. Um, so so it's been really good, uh, and so far, I like uh, all of my new teammates. Now something very important. What's your impression of um, our new kit we just launched? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's pretty special. Uh, I think also you're gonna see see us more in the peloton. Uh, it's gonna be easier to spot uh, with this yellow kind of color. Uh, so I think it has some has some good style, and you can also see us. So somehow I think it's uh, it's a pretty cool kit. 
So as you mentioned, you're heading into your fourth season with us and we were also your first team as a professional. Can you describe your development over those years for us? Compare the Frederick who traveled to the very first team camp at the end of 2020 with the rider that you've become now. Yeah, I think in general, I got into this team in, in a very, very young age, um, especially with the team we had in, in the 2021 season. We had a lot of very strong guys, uh, in a very big, big names of cycling. You know, we had Peter in the team. Um, so coming in as a 19 year old kid into the team was, was pretty special. And I, Felt very like honored to be uh, to be a part of the Borans Grower team in such a young age. Um, so I think my first year was really like a lot of learning, and I, I had no clue about actually professional cyclists when I when I first joined the team. It was like a lot of things I had to learn, you know. Um, I remember actually like one of my first races, like Patrick Conrad, which been my teammates now for three years. He had to like learn me how to pack my rain bag because like in the juniors or the under 23 we just never had rain bags you know uh so i just had no clue what i should do um so i remember he always like took me on his wing from the beginning and just yeah learned me a lot just like the basic stuff you know um so i think i just grown a lot like inside the team also um from this i mean really not knowing exactly what I did to like really have a lot more clue about how to race the races and how to prepare the races and so on and how to be in a big group and socializing and so on. So I think that's also something about, you know, I'm getting older, so more mature somehow, but also just being in the team and and growing as a a person within the team. As a rider, you seem to like short punchy climbs which type of which type of rider would you describe yourself yeah i would say uh, <laughs> as long as the climb is not getting too long then then uh, then it's uh, more to my favorite uh, but still the climbs need to somehow be be hard enough to get rid of all like the faster guys because normally i have quite a fast finish as well um so I would like, you know, a smaller, smaller bunch coming to the finish where I can have a like a good kick. Um, so that's probably the kind of the rider to like try and survive the climbs, uh, and then try and do a good, uh, good sprint in the end. Uh, and also like the shorter and the more punchy climb, I also find, uh, uh, not funny, but like, I like it more somehow than the longer ones. Um, so, so something something like that sounds like you you might like the other ends yeah i mean i always had a, like a good uh, good thing for that end classics uh still uh, i haven't done like the full campaign i just done a couple of races there uh but still it's like something i really would like to to do as well uh and i found the races there super interesting Mm, what's the race you dream about winning on gray and cold winter training days? I mean, now you mentioned that then classics, so I'm going to say Liege. Uh, I'm always, I always had a thing for Liege. I think it's also, I mean, it's a race that suits me well as a rider. Um, so 
I just think it's a pretty pretty cool race to be honest. Uh, and he has normally like everything, you know. Normally it's also a pretty epic race with like weather conditions also. Um, so so normally, yeah, I, I would say uh, Liege uh, is the is yeah my favorite race to win. Now, Frederick, two years ago for a promotional video, we asked you what you would title your autobiography and you answered life on the road due to the amount of travel involved in professional cycling. Other potential titles you mentioned were pain cave and being in the zone. Now tell us, does this still ring true or do you have a new title for volume two of the Frederick Vandal Chronicles? Yeah, I don't know. When did I say this? It's quite quite long ago, I guess. Uh, no, I don't know actually. Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. No, I don't know. Maybe it's actually quite similar. I think to what I would say now. Uh, it's actually a good uh, good name for it. Life on the road never changes for pro- as long as you're a professional cyclist, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, it just keeps on going like this. Yeah. Um, last season started quite well with solid results in Algarve and Catalonia. Unfortunately, an accident in April during the final preparation for the Giro killed a lot of your season planning. Tell us what happened there in Sierra Nevada. Yeah, I mean, I did. I remember I did uh, Catalonia as the last race before before the big uh, big crash. Uh, and then I was heading for the last, uh, preparing ahead of the Giro uh, with the last altitude uh, training camp with the team. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's kind of, when I think back of it, it's, it's like, you know, I tried to not focus too much about it because it was like a really rough period, uh, especially when it was, I was preparing for one of my biggest, biggest goals so far. Uh, and then everything just, yeah, flipped around completely with the crash, uh, going out on that training ride and just slipping away in that corner. Um, and to be honest, in the beginning, I didn't, I didn't think of it to be like, I didn't think I was like, I broke my, I broke my femur. Uh, I just thought it was some, something else that was just very painful. Uh, but I remember I thought that in like in the moment, but now when I like think back, I was just, I never had so much pain actually, uh, like in my entire life. Um, so, so to be honest, like it was a pretty, yeah, rough period, um, with the, with that crash and ending up in the hospital in Granada. Tell us for a major injury, like a broken femur, what is involved in the rehabilitation process? Um, tell us for those listeners who might not know, um, what that exactly looks like. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it was the surgery, um, which I had, I think more or less one day after the crash, which was, uh, pretty important that you had the operation that fast after the crash. Um, so this, I had quite early and then I had some days where I was just laying in the hospital bed in, uh, in, uh, in Granada. Uh, and at that period I couldn't feel my legs. Um, so that was, that was quite terrifying that, that, you know, you were 
going from kind of your best shape you ever had to like not being able to even move your leg. Um, and uh, then the doctors wanted me to try and walk again, but it was like impossible. But then after some days, it got it got better and better. Um, and then I re- I can't remember exactly what date it was uh, after when I like took my first uh, first steps. Uh, and I remember I, I sent the video immediately to my coach. Like, yeah, now I'm I'm, I'm able to walk just a little bit. Um, but it was really like this, like you take so long, like a slow motion video where you're just taking the step kind of. Um, and then I fly back home, uh, which was good. And then all this rehabilitation work started, you know, from from not being able to move your leg to actually start walking with the crocs. No, I think it's crocs. Oh, like um, crutches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like going from only sitting in the wheelchair to start walking with crutches, uh, was like a major step, uh, from then trying to like, I would say like smaller, smaller exercises just for the, for the pure, like getting the muscle back somehow, uh, was like the next step. Um, and then I flew back to our, uh, clinic in Hamburg, um, um, where we started to, uh, do, uh, a lot of rehabilitation work, uh, including, uh, walking in, uh, in water, um, and also just doing like a lot of rehabilitation work, which included, uh, trying to walk as much as possible with the leg without the crutches. Uh, which in the beginning was a bit terrifying, but after some times you get used to it. Um, and then slowly, but surely a, a big part of the rehabilitation was also to try and get back to the, to the bike. Um, because going on the, on the home trainer, uh, was a good, good and big step, uh, for the rehabilitation as well to really, uh, not so much getting the, like the shape back but more for the rotation in the hip um that was a a big step forward um and then slowly but surely you could could start doing more more work on the on the road bike as well um so i think that's like if you take the first first period of my of my rehab went like this that must have been a super rough time for you yeah it was like one of my worst times the worst part is actually like you're lying in the bed and being able to like i remember when i first got the information that that my that my femur was broken i was just you know you just kind of just blacks out kind of uh with the with the head you cannot think straight or anything um so and then going from like having the surgery to not being able to move your leg was, you know, I had had a lot of calls with the doctors from our team, like saying that uh, it will be okay. You know, it's the first days after the operation and so on. Um, so I think that was also a big part that you know, I always had some, you know, English speaking doctors uh, close to me uh, saying that it would be 
fine, you know, and also having uh, friends and families close as well um, helped a lot during during this period. I imagine the very first bike ride outside after that period must have been something very special. Do you remember that day? Yeah, I, I remember it clearly. It was actually it was one sunny day <laughs> in the winter, which is not so often. Uh, but it was sunny, um, and uh, I remember just like breathing in the air. Just just felt felt so good, you know, uh, and just getting getting going again on the on the road was just amazing feeling, to be honest. How long after the crash have you been able to ride again? I'm actually not sure. Like I remember, I had everything, uh, remembered everything, uh, but I think I, w I was more or less back doing like some some exercises on the on the home trainer after like I think five weeks or something like this. Um, so probably a couple of weeks after that, I was I was on the road again, uh, and then I think I made my. Uh, come back to racing like after three months or something like this. Now, following that low point in the first part of the season for you, the final race of the season, the Tour of Guangxi, was definitely a highlight because you took the King of the Mountains jersey there. Tell us a little bit about that race. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it's actually my first time in China, so I was uh, pretty motivated to, to get there and also... As I missed most of the season due to the crash, I was I was pretty keen to try and go as long as possible with the season. So going there, I was uh, I was motivated to race, uh, and then yeah, I was I was struggling a little bit with the races before China, um, but then yeah, I found uh, I found some quite good shape over there. Um, so and in the end, it was yeah a pretty a pretty nice trip I would say uh, to China and uh, taking uh, the King uh, KOM jersey uh, was a like nice final uh, achievement of the of the season. Finishing the season on a high must be such a good motivation for the upcoming year. Where will we be able to see a racing in twenty four? Yeah, it was actually super nice to finish the finish the season somehow on a high, you know. And uh, normally, I should I should start the twenty twenty four season here on uh, Mallorca, uh, and then uh, I do a lot of uh, the Spanish races, uh, including uh, Valencia as well, and then going to Catalonia and Basque in the in the beginning of the year. As we are at the end of the year, your wishes and goals for. 2024 yeah i mean i still i still miss my first pro win uh so i think i think that's a clear goal for me that i would try and uh, achieve that uh i think i think i already said it last year that i would do anything just just to win one race uh and uh yeah then everything yeah turned a little bit upside down in the beginning of the year uh, but I still think that's that's a big goal for me to really get that first first pro win uh, and also first win with the team. Um, so I think that's a it's a, a nice and, and good goal that I had uh, ahead of the next season. 
Okay, so that's a wrap on this episode of the Band of Brothers podcast. Frederick, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And as always, Andal, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Freddy. That was a nice little evening chat. Have a safe trip home and see you in January. All the best. Thank you. See you, mate. And last but not least, thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us for today's episode. We hope to see you again for the next one.